What's up, men? Welcome to the Mel Cartel Podcast. Let's get started. Do you think men are important? Like for what? <laughs> men are not meant to be dominant. Men are meant to be submissive. Life's too short to exercise. I'm just going to be honest. It's okay to be fat. Dispelling toxic masculinity and really redefining what it means to be a man. Men can cry. You so it's okay to be weak. Okay to be weak. I'm telling you right now, not everybody wants to see you win. You seem to be more woman than you are man. You don't have any manly quality. You uh, give them this message that it's okay to be a man. It's not okay. It's necessary. How are we going to do without men? You look around the city here, you see all these buildings go up. These men, they're doing impossible things. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Be a dangerous man. Being dangerous is not being a threat. They're two different things. You can't be a good man if you're not a dangerous man. You say one disrespectful thing to my wife. I am not only willing, but I am able to inflict great bodily damage. I'm going to do everything in my power to become a victor and not a victim. I can't explain it, but you better feel it. Winners win and losers lose. I can't explain it any better than that. I don't know how it happens, but winners win. And if you create a culture of losing, if you keep being a victim, if you keep letting losing happen to you, if you keep letting people do you and treat you any kind of way, it's gonna become a culture. What's the matter with you? There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Here's your host, Nick and Shane. Hey, what's up, Mel Cartel? This is your boy, Shane. I'm Nick. And, man, we are back with a brand new episode. We on season two, episode Uno's. No? What? Quattro Trace. This Five? is 16. 16. This episode 16. 16? Sorry for the the break in the it's episode sixteen, but we don't even know anymore. Season two, episode five. Season two, episode five. Yeah. Sorry for the the blank in there, guys. But we were, you know, and pr- producer Correll when he throws up the oh the he's waving flags, flags. Oh, yeah. We it's don't even going know crazy. anything. We thought it was him being a you know going. I actually thought he was going to let us know about something he put on social media, Nick. Yeah, I I, I thought something. Had- going haywire and we had to stop and start over. Or I actually thought that he was going to tell us about that post that he said today was a good day. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Sunday. Sunday I thought he was going to let us know what actually happened that day. He just posted today was a good day. So my mind went in all sorts of directions. Well there's only two things it could be. One he was listening to Ice Cube True. Um, today is, was a good day. Or two he was getting that six foot I mean that six inch cold cut combo and got him a little smooch action. Action after that's what I was that thinking. little girl. I was thinking a cold cut and a warm kiss. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I want some pot, I want some salt and pepper and some oregano and a little kiss. Yeah. I, I almost posted and asked him, I was like, Did you get you a date or what? I mean, what's going on? So yep. that's awesome. What kind of I was also thinking like what <laughs> <laughs> kind of bread you want. I'm glad <laughs> we said cold cut too when you said <laughs> six cent. Dude. Uh but I was wondering also I guess it's good. How all how many more times we need to introduce ourselves when the podcast starts? I know, dude. I know, I know. I'm Shane. I'm Nick. Yeah, we got to come with a new line. Everybody knows. Hey, let us know what you would like for us to say coming out versus because so, you already know it's us. Yeah. So 
Unless you're new. Unless you're new. But you can see it on the thing. I on mean, you, it says Shane and Nick. So we don't have to like, yeah, let us know. Maybe we need to come up with like something like ta-da or splat or something. I don't know. I don't know. Ta-da. Ta-da. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> We're back at it. You know? But if y'all saw, you know, Carell, that was probably the most, he looked like he was doing jumping jacks. That was like the most exercise I've seen. Oh, it was, man. Time. He was, yeah. I, I thought so too. It's like he's doing sit, sit jacks. Sit jacks. jacks. <laughs> Sit jacks. Working on that upper body. Some <laughs> traps. Hey, so what's been up, man? A little bit of everything. But, uh... A little, I was bit, of, t- little bit of everything. What, that, what, that mean? <laughs> what, is, life, what does that mean? Life, work, uh... Go down the list. Life, what you doing? You know, I, I was telling you this off camera. I'll say it. I kind of ran across this comedy show online. Uh-huh. I, I can't endorse it <laughs> because <laughs> of some of the content. But there was one thing I did want to like point out because there are some funny parts to it. Uh, but I love the fact that it's like an American Idol for comedy. Uh-huh. And the host, like the main host, uh, if when someone doesn't do good, and even sometimes when they do well, he roasts them. Uh-huh. Now, of course, some of it's in good fun. Sometimes it's because they just stink. And you know, I'm thinking, how would I do with stand-up comedy? I'm more situational comedy, you know, yeah. like making fun of someone or something in the moment, but or a situation. But I, what I really appreciated is the fact that, like, how honest, yeah, they can be, and even with each other, you know, even his co-host sometimes he's kind of ribbing him or you know, kind of even correcting him, and it's like people aren't getting offended because right. it's all right. in the name of comedy. Uh-huh. And I was just thinking, like in life, how great that would be if we could be that honest with each other uh-huh. and not get offended. Uh-huh. You know, it's like some, you know, something ain't right. Something don't look right. <laughs> and then you just roast. Well, you do a, that with your boys. Got body odor, or you yeah. know, whatever. Like, listen, I, like if you was, if you smell bad, I'd be like Nick. You smell, you smell stank, bro. Like, what happened? What? I hope you, you would. And, and I would. Oh, I would. And I would say something like, "So I would, I would anticipate because you haven't stank before." Well, thank you. So I would, I would think that you must be you must have worked out hard and or something, you know. So, but yeah, I, I love your buddies. You know, you can roast and have good fun. Like we give uh, pr- producer Corell a hard time yeah. for stuff, and he just takes it, and smiles, and laughs. And man, dude, sometimes I'll roast myself so bad, but like, oh, bro. Look at that wrinkle on your face. Like I, t- I told myself today, I was like, "Dude, you look rough, bro. Do something to clean." And I was like, "Ain't no hope. It's just no hope. There's no hope, no for you today." So I was like, Were "I look like I'm tired. I'm not even tired, bro. I look myself in the mirror, and I don't know if it's like allergies. The other day was windy or whatever, but all through here, like my eyes. Well, at least you're looking like, in the mirror. Some people need to look in the mirror. Yeah, well, I didn't like what I saw in the mirror, so I was like, "Dang, dude, you look rough." Maybe you that's know? why people don't look in the mirror. Sometimes I'll use the bathroom, bro, and nothing ever happens. And I'm like, say, bro, you act like you got to go potty bad. And then I, you can't even take a poop. And I'm like, dude, I, I start roasting my guts, dude. I just like, man, I got the lamest bowel movement <laughs> issues. Like, I don't know what's happening. But I got help for it. Remember we asked for some tips for, uh-huh. you know, 50-year-olds since you're pushing uh-huh. 50? Yeah. Uh, so David Bunch, one uh-huh. of our male cartel listeners, uh, sent word through me. Okay. And I totally forgot the last episode Until to bring now. it up, but now this okay. is perfect. Let's go. He said cherry juice, which I love cherries, but I don't, I've never really drank cherry okay. juice, um, except for the fro, Froyo places, those uh-huh. fro, where they do by the weight, 
you know, if you add cherries to that, it's going to weigh it down. But you can just you can just siphon out the juice and get the flavor of cherry. <laughs> Dang, without the cherry, you're so cheap. <laughs> I, hey, look, I grew up poor, so <laughs> you you learn the tricks of the trade. Cherry juice and of course prune juice. He uh-huh. said keep things moving. Regular. So uh, Dude, if you're having no problems, prune. I ain't doing no prune juice, bro. All right, I will tell you cherry this. juice. All right, I'm gonna tell you this. This weekend, I was out of town, almost two hours away, speaking at a, at a youth event. It was awesome. It was a great experience. My daughter went with me. But something happened middle of the night on Friday night. You know, I get kidney stones. So next thing I know, my back is killing me. It's number 43. You know? And kidney stone 43? Yeah, you know, I thought the whole time, Richard Petty. Because he was now his car <laughs> with 43. I was like, I'm Richard Petty, kidney stone. And this is like three in the morning. And I must have got up about eight times to pee. And then, like, I thought I would have to poop. I couldn't poop. And it was hurting. Anyways, kid you not, listeners, my kidney stone was stuck, bro. It was stuck. And I would pee, and it would be dribble, 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 okay, as we talked about. And I'm not talking about producer Correll on the basketball court dribbling. I'm saying dribble, dribble, dribble. And like your friend. Like we were going to talk about this minute. Yeah. And... But it was stuck, dude. And I immediately, kid you not. So if you're listening, I mean, like, well, I guess you are listening. So I can tell you if you're listening. But if you're listening know, closely, if you're listening closely, this is time as a man to hunker down and listen intently. All I'm thinking about is I've got to go in front of hundreds of kids. We're going to go on a rec field, middle of the day, and then I got to I got to speak. I got I to gotta endure this thing all day long and it's stuck and lodged. Okay? <laughs> and I'm thinking something's got to happen. And me, me and the good Lord would had, had a lot of conversation in, in this about um, my genitalia. And so I just went to the bathroom, went to the bathroom and literally, kid you not, passed it about five minutes before we left to go to the church to eat lunch with all the kids. Nice. Literally five minutes, and the whole time, I'm literally—I kid you not—I I done, I done put my little pills out. I'm drinking, drinking, drinking tons of water. I'm laying all my stuff out just in case. So literally from like two a.m. till eleven forty, and then finally got stuck. Was passing it, but finally was stuck about eight thirty that morning. Wow! So I went to the gym. Because I wasn't, in, it was pain, but it was a different type of pain, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And then I tried to like do a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then I was going, man, this is not, I, I, and I was like, but my daughter, she didn't know anything. She, only thing she said was, because we were in the same hotel together, room. And she goes, she still calls me Dada. She was like, Dada, you, uh, why do you think you own the bathroom? Is everything okay? I said, everything's straight. Everything's straight. <laughs> And it was not straight, dude. Straight and stuck? All I know is it was stuck, bro. I was like, man, it's got to be like, we got to bring this to like biblical, man. We got to like, be in the Easter morning. That, that stone needs to be rolled away, bro. <laughs> it needs to be, get out of here. Let's go. So, I just know I was sweating. So, if, listen, if prune juice helps me in that area, or them cherries, I'll do chocolate covered cherries. I don't care. I'll do any kind of cherries. Cherry juice. I'll do cherry wine, even though I don't drink wine. But I'll do cherry. I'll go cheer I'll do cheer wine. Cheer wine. Cheer wine, bro. Let's do cheer wine. Maybe the carbonation's my issue. I don't know. But 43, bro. So that was my wow. good weekend this weekend for me. But so, um, yeah. Where do we go next with that? Well, 
one, talking about looking in the mirror, being uh-huh. honest with yourself, uh-huh. talking about wrinkles or yeah. something. I forget. Yeah, I got wrinkles. You see. But for those joining us online, uh, those looking at the camera with uh, oh yeah, with Shane, uh, flip that camera to Shane real quick so they can get a good look. Yeah. You can actually see his face today. See my face. Yeah. I had to ask Shane to pull his microphone down because it, it's like nothing but like his face and the microphone. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's I, I was getting my, but like I was in a rap battle where I was in a studio, <laughs> me and Cheddar Bob in the studio. <laughs> in the, yeah. So. Well, a majority of our listeners are on uh, audio. So, you know, yeah. we can kind of forget people. Sometimes I'm looking at you, not even looking at the camera anyway. So. Yeah. Me too, man. I never, I always look at you. I, I forget the camera's there. Yeah. But talk about roasting people. <laughs> I think I've mentioned this before. I would hope no one would get, get a hold of our phone. Uh-huh. When we die, like oh. if I die, oh. you know, hold it up to my face. I mean, my wife knows, but other than that, probably wouldn't go well because we we're pretty good at roasting yes. each other, other people. Uh, I sent you something uh-huh. even yesterday. Yep, guy comes up to our office. This is this is for us as guys. Like this is not just a like what's up kind yeah. of catch up. This is like there's a lesson in this. So this guy comes up. And I see them, and so I see it on our ring doorbell camera, and I I look and just kind of observe. Well, Casey had gotten it, and so uh, I I went back and kind of listened after just seeing some of the posture. And this guy uh, did not look like he took good care of himself. Uh, and beyond that, you know those people, they're kind of like the the waiters or waitresses, and. I guess they don't want to look like the stiff person just there yeah. taking the order, so they like squat at your table or they'll sit down with you and your guests. Oh yeah, like they're to be cool. Be, yeah. Trying to be cool. Yeah, this is kind of the vibe I got from him, and so he's leaning against the the door jam, kind of the little walkway of our office building. They didn't come in, and he's talking, and you know, I'm not listening. I, I I don't have all that. You know, I'm just kind of looking at the body language, but he's just kind of leaning and, and this guy's like a salesman or a sales manager introducing, you know, this other salesperson. And it's just like, doesn't put off a good vibe. Well, I was out running some errands and I was on a certain side of town and I was debating whether or not to grab lunch over there or to get it closer to the office. And I was like, Oh, it's getting close to 12. I'm going to go ahead and go grab lunch. So just the timing was perfect, but I had to go, Speaking of the restroom, I had to go to the restroom, didn't have anything stuck. And so, um, praise, it, the Lord. As I, <laughs> praise the Lord. So, as I'm walking to the bathroom, here comes Joe Cool, um, kind of waddling out of the bathroom. And I was like, no way. That's the same guy that I just sent a picture to Shade to, showing his kind of posture and what he was doing, you know, being too cool for, you know, everybody. And so um, I walk in and I go, because I always lift the seat, you know, uh-huh. uh, when using the restroom. Do you touch the seat with your bare hands? Um, I will I will pull bullet paper. And then do it? Yeah, because I've seen people using their feet and all kinds of stuff. And so... Um, <laughs> what if you use your foot and your foot falls in the toilet? That's like, that's like pretty gross if you ever did it. You know how people... It could. They do go, yeah. shoot, and you're like, oh, slip. oh, oh. Yeah. I wear Crocs, yeah. so dude, I, I'm like done. You'd be all right. Of the, you, I'm, I, I'll be wait, waiting in the water. I'll be waiting in the toilet. Returning your crocs to their natural habitat. Yeah, in the swamp. To the, to the toilet. Oh, is that a log, though? That's not a tree log. Um, and so, anyway, as I look down to the toilet seat to lift it up, uh-huh. the 
the guy peed on the seat. Oh, Joker. And it wasn't just like, you know, well, it could have been there. It was still kind of dribbling. And we were talking about this to, you know, producer Carell and producer Carell's like, only dribbling I do is on the court, (laughs) which now I got to see. So I got to challenge Carell to some basketball. And so, uh, but I'm just like, first of all, I I would never do business with Uh this kind of person. You doesn't look like you take care of yourself very well. Um, you you act too cool for everybody. You know, like stand up, use some posture, but then you can't even clean up after your like you pee on the seat. That tells me all I need to know about you. And you didn't wash some hands either. Probably. Well, so you know, so the toilet was just kind of as if it had just been flushed. Yeah, I didn't get the vibe that there was time between you know, flushing the toilet and getting out, by the time you usually wash your hands and dry them, the toilet's done, you know, it's flushed and it's settled back. This is as if it had just been flushed. Yeah. And he just walked out. And then he's over eating lunch with his buddy. And and I'm just like, you know, as guys, one, you know, we need to present ourselves well, have good posture, not leaning like we're you know, still in college or high school and we're just the cool dude. Uh, and then things like peeing on the seat is just lazy. It's right. just like a, a little boy in a grown man's body. Yep. And that's kind of what I refer to him as is, you know, little boy in an adult body. And we can just do better than Man. that, guys. We, you know, people are, the, the other side of this is you don't know who is watching you. Yeah, you know, he didn't, yep. he didn't see me at the office. He didn't know that I saw him on the ring doorbell camera. And so he has no idea that I'm the pastor and part of the decision-making process uh-huh. for what he's trying to sell. Yep. And within an hour, we're in the same spot and I'm able to see him kind of not in public, yep. you know? So even if he was putting up a front, you know, he's showing his true self. And so Man. I just like, as guys, we need to do better. And maybe he didn't have a good role model or something, but he needs one. Yeah. I mean, it, <clears throat> that's crazy. You know, the, the, the washing your hands after you use the bathroom. That's something I have noticed. My sons have noticed. Like, Dad, did you really, did you see that guy? He didn't wash his hands. Uh, I've seen guys walk out of the, you know, I go to a urinal. So our lady listeners, there's urinals and there's a toilet, usually in a bathroom. And so you're at a urinal where you stand up and, and do your business. And a guy just destroying I mean, like, yes. he's like in a war. It's like World War. And he's like in a military. It's like wartime mindset. He's willing to do whatever he needs to get done to handle his business. Dropping bombs. Dropping bombs. I mean, he's like breathing hard. He's <laughs> oxygen tank. He comes out and just exits the building. Yes. And then you're like, oh, no. This is like, oh, oh boys will get E. coli or something. Yep. It's like, you don't even want to be around them. And, uh, and so I've seen so many people at the gym do that. And uh, then they're going to touch equipment. Bro, I stay away from folks like that, yeah. man. That's one that literally that's a very frustrating thing because you you hear, you know, you, you just I don't think that I'll get sick only because I grew up in the way I grew up and I should have been you know super sick. Um, so I mean I built some kind of immunity uh, how I grew up, but I'll promise you I hear all the stories about E. coli and contamination and somebody gets something from a gym probably. You know, and then they're in the hospital and all this other stuff. It's terrible, but like, man, but the the peeing on a toilet seat, dude. I've I've been the same thing where somebody walks out and I walk in and there's somebody peeing on the toilet seat. Now I am this way, 
if I walk in and if there's like an explosion of pee, you know, I'll go to another stall. Yeah. Yep. But if there's just a little bit, I'll go ahead and take uh, whatever uh, toilet tissue. I'll clean it. I will do that and then throw it in. I'm not touching the pee. I just grab a whole you know truckload uh, of toilet tissue and I'm just like wiping it down, throw it in, and then I then then I'll do my business and then I wash my hands really good. Um, but yeah, it's dude, still not clean crazy. for the next person. So it's I'll try to clean, let the, I'll let try to let the store or the restaurant know like, hey, someone somebody just exploded the bathroom bro right or you know they peed like on the seat paint. like it just spilled black brown paint everywhere right so they can go in with some disinfectant but i saw a guy do that same thing in the your uh in the stall blowing it up walks out doesn't wash his hands yeah i get done at the urinal uh, by the way young guys urinal cakes are not edible um so you, you'll hear the word urinal cakes those are not dessert so uh, anyway, so he, I wash my hands, and by the time I get out, he's kind of across. We were in Dillard for something. He's across, and I see him, and he walks up behind his girl and wraps his arms oh. around her. And I so wanted to go up to her and be like, "Hey, your your guy didn't even, you know, he just left the stall, blew up the bathroom, and didn't wash his hands." And I've now his dirty hands all over you. I also <laughs> like to when people are in the stall and they're talking on their cell phone to someone. I like, I love making as much noise as I can. Flushing the urinal. Uh, I love it when they have those like, uh, you know, hand dryers uh-huh. that are like jets. Uh-huh. And I just sit there and dry my hand and make sure uh-huh. that noise. That way, whoever's on the other end knows oh, yeah. that person sitting on the <laughs> toilet talking to them. I'll wash my hands a little bit longer. Do you and- use the dryer? Do you ever use the, use the dryer? I don't use the dryer because you all, all this one is circulating the, the poop air <laughs> on your hands. Well, some only have the dryer. Uh-huh. But even if they only have paper towels uh-huh. and someone's talking on their you phone, go, I, I will use the dryer or, just to or make you just the go, noise. <laughs> You're just pulling off. They, um, well, you know, if you just yank on it just a little bit, don't tear it, it'll keep, keep going. Yeah. Oh, that's a cheat code. Yeah. yeah. You know what I want to do? I used to do this back in the day, but uh, some of my boys were going to do it, and then my sons, but uh, they're kind of still like weirded out by it, but hopefully they'll get to an age where they think it's funny, but I, I used to love when uh get to the urinal and just pull your pants all the way down to your ankles, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and when dudes at the walk, and they have to see you're behind, and you're just standing there peeing, and uh, I remember back in the day, it was like me, Drew Hall, and Hank Murphy, um, so all people. just yeah, man. All our all our stuff is down to our ankles, and just <laughs> and everybody's walking in, and you're just like three dudes, their pants pulled down to their ankles, making it so awkward. Hey, well, no dude come next to you. I mean, you know what I mean? They just go, they just look for a stall. The pee in the peep show. Yep, that's right, that's right. I'm looking. Well, that behind was him. that was the time we went to we took teenagers to a conference in Macon, and the second floor bathrooms didn't have any urinal dividers oh. and so it's just urinal urinal and so all of the teenagers would walk in and look and several <laughs> were like oh no and so the downstairs bathroom was had lines and so all the adults would just go in there use the restrooms like uh-huh. we're not we're not looking that's right and, that's right you know even if you catch a glimpse uh-huh. we all got the same thing so right. at that so age funny. you don't care it's like you uh-huh. just gotta go to the bathroom that's right so all the adults use uh-huh. the upstairs restroom no line no uh-huh. waiting and then i heard it several times throughout that conference boys walk in and it's like 
oh, oh, oh no, oh no. <laughs> well, you know what? You know, in some some uh, away away uh, not locker rooms, but like clubhouses for like away teams in football. And so you show up to a visiting, and they you can have the raggediest away place. Like some people have their they have a, a nice rebuilt uh, you know locker room and a place for like their team. And then and then they're away. They put them in the, the raggediest place, the old one, on purpose. So you have yeah. the most different, you know, no just comfort. A, you know, comfort. And so there's one uh, here in the CSRA, won't name its name, but one where there's the urinals are like that, and then there is no rooms. It's just toilets. And so once I had to use a bathroom real bad, I'm just sitting on the toilet, man. And you're just in the there's- middle of the room. It's like prison, dude. It's like prison. <laughs> I just keep my my pants, you know, at my, at my knees, and I'm just talking to the guys like, "What's up? What's up? What's up?" And then, then that, dude, it is like and nobody wants to use the bathroom. Even the athletes, only a few dudes think it's funny, but everyone else is like, "Oh no, I'm not using the bathroom." I'm like, "You welcome to come on in, bro." Yeah, and like, but it is the whole, most hilarious thing because you're I, right. Those teenagers they walk in, they're like, "Oh no," they freak out. I think Fulton County Stadium used to have the trough, the trough, and yeah, you're dude. just oh, uh, uh, Carolina. Gamecocks, I think, still have it. Trough. And it's just in their bathroom. It's just the trough. Man. But now, the you know, they've got the round uh, hand-washing stations uh-huh. at large arenas, and it looks like the trough. Yeah. So I That's think right. every guy I've should just that. have to stand around and, you know. Do business. Do business there, and that way we could talk to each other while we not, do our business. Yeah, as long as you're not passing a kidney stone. Yeah. I mean, yeah. could you imagine us going to a game, and we could use the restroom and continue, like, having a conversation <laughs> and not have to stop? That's that's like sword fights back in the day when you were a kid. <laughs> no, actually, the rules are you go in, use the restroom, and get out. Don't have conversations yep. unless you're sitting in the middle of the room. Yep, yep, that's exactly right. <laughs> no stall. Yeah. So, guys, we uh, anybody else listening? You know, you go in. The rule is, yeah, go like like Nicholas said, go potty, do your business, don't really make eye contact. Only thing you're allowed to do is as you exit or as you get ready to grab paper towels. Somebody passes in front of you, you can do the occasional look at their face and you do the nod down. Yes. With your head. Like you just tip your hat them and that's it, man. You don't, that's not when you go, what's up? You don't do the head up. Like, what's up? That's you when you that. know someone. You just go, what's up? They say guys do that naturally. Like if uh-huh. I know someone, I feel comfortable uh-huh. like doing the head up. up because it's, you're more vulnerable. Uh-huh. And if you don't know someone, we typically naturally go down yeah. oh, because that makes sense. it's like kind of guarding our. Yeah, you want to get throat punched, right? But yeah. it's it's we're not as vulnerable, but yeah. it's more tip our hat. Yeah, that's it, dude. Versus what's up, man? I feel like a cowboy when I do that. Hi, howdy. Have you ever have you ever ended up in the wrong restroom? I have. Uh, one time did, I did. Did you notice and get out or airport? Did you? I was at airport. Came in and didn't even pay attention because I was on my phone. Come walking in, went straight in, and then. Didn't even really look, went straight for a stall. And while I was in there, it dawned on me. I hear nothing but females and was I, like, oh no. Because I took my book bag off, I hear earbuds in my ears, and I hung it on the little, there's a little uh, thing where you could hang stuff outside. You know, when you, you, you close the door. And, uh, and so I put my book bag up there, took my earbuds in, and all I heard was females. And I was like, I think I'm in the girls' restroom. <laughs> Didn't know what to do. I was frozen. And I just sat there. I couldn't even use the bathroom, man. I was like, shies, all get out. Wait till everyone left. And I remember opening the door and then closing it. And open the door and closing it. Trying to think, when can I get out? When can I get out? And finally, I just said, man, what the heck? I'm just going to, whatever. 
I'll just act like I just came in. Oh, yeah. I went in the Oops. wrong one. Whoops. So I took my earbud and put it back in my ear because it was a, a, on a cord. And I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave. And if, if I run into somebody right at the door, then I'll just say, Oh, I came in the wrong one. I didn't right. pay attention. I got, I got to start paying attention. I would just, and I came and no one saw me unless they saw me as I was exiting, leaving the girls' restroom. And well, the, uh, you know, that'd be bad to miss your flight because you're waiting too long to escape. Yeah, dude. I was in the Gwinnett Center Catalyst Conference and oh, no. not paying attention. And I walk in and it's like six uh, just stalls. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is the weirdest restroom I've ever seen. There's no urinals. You know, I'm not thinking. <laughs> I was just thinking, this is weird. So I walk into an open stall. All the others are closed. And when I get in there and start to, you know, use a restroom, um, I'm standing. And I noticed that the two feet beside me, you know, the two stalls beside me, there's feet hanging out below it. And they're like female shoes. The Lettos. That's when I realized oh. I'm in the women's restroom in oh, here. No. You got to wonder what they're thinking uh-huh. as they're sitting there and they see my feet turned in the opposite direction. Because <laughs> I've already started using the restroom. And all you hear is <laughs> the, the, the free fall is what and it is. So, uh, so I finish flush and then I go to walk out and there's a, a a woman custodian in there cleaning the restroom. And so I'm the same way. I'm like, oh my goodness, can you just leave? You know, uh-huh. because I'm trying to sneak out uh-huh. of here, especially before these other people yep. get out. And so finally she left before anybody else exited and I'm peeking out of the, you know, the yep. stall door. And then as soon as she left, I Hightailed it out of there, uh-huh. went over to the men's restroom to wash my hands, <laughs> and now it's happened one other time where I've walked in and see all stalls, and now I know, you know, because sometimes right. the signs aren't well placed if they're close together. Uh-huh. But it was the it was the most awkward feeling thing. Uh-huh. But now that I look back, it's pretty pretty hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I, I everything you're saying, I, I completely like feel it like in my bones because I. I I remember just it, it was it was probably two minutes, yeah. But maybe maybe more than that. Maybe it was four. But it literally felt like Feel, I was in there for thirty yeah. minutes. It felt like I was in there forever, going, "Oh no!" And I was like feeling hot, man, like in my in my shirt. I mean, I'm feeling you know steam coming off of me, just you know sweating and trying to figure out what to do. Um, I did go into the girls' the women's restroom at the civic center for a graduation because I stayed there pretty much like four graduations through. And I just came through, and I just been kind of like delirious. Been there for like six and a half, seven hours, and I come walking in. As soon as I walk right in, I was like, "Ooh, but walk right back out." And so I, I've done that probably several times, yeah. but in my life, but literally, the other one was because you can hear the ladies. I mean, they were like, they're just like dudes, you know, passing gas, ugh, you know, yep. groaning, and then some of them are you. Know, you can just you know hear them you know, cry, whining about stuff, you know, and guys, you know, if you've ever been in, in a stall where a guy's been on the phone with, with, with somebody, sometimes I had a guy that day in the gym, man, he had a full conversation next to me, literally on, on his, on his phone, yeah. going at it in the morning, talking business, figuring out the sales thing that he was, he's invested money in. Now he's trying to like make money and making a profit. And they were just t- chopping it up, dude, literally the entire time yeah. I used the bathroom, went out, went on the treadmill did one mile. I was like, I'm gonna go ahead and use the MP before I get get to working out. So went to a urinal, and old boy's still there. 
mean, he, he was there probably 20 minutes and never left that stall. Good. So, I mean, if I call yeah. Nikki and she's like making dinner or something, I can hear what's taking place. Oh, yeah, place. for sure. I don't, you know, I guess they don't care or they think they don't, it's not bleeding over into the they, I think they probably just don't think. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what do we got today? You uh, shared an article with me and I thought I it was great and uh, called The Quiet Quitters. Yep. And so if you want to introduce that yeah, to us. I will. So um, about, about, a, about probably nine months ago, not quite a year ago, I was having a conversation with somebody and they actually in conversation brought this thing up and said it like I supposedly like would know what it meant to be a quiet quitter. And they were saying it from the pers- from the perspective of, of like being a ministry and guys who work on staff at, at a church and um and anyways so from that moment you know we talked about it I said hey I, I really don't understand that term they explained it to me to me it was like a phenomenon that was a thing that was on social media and whatnot and it's just a term and so and so I sent uh, I sent you this the, this uh um article that I saw that was on social media and I, I just I skimmed through it and because I've heard this before and I remember just thinking about I it, it actually put me in it put me myself in check to be honest with you thinking as has there been moments in my life that I've been a quiet quitter you know and um and so I really honestly I can remember when I when I was young being a quiet quitter and I remember when I was going through a depression I remember quitting certain things and whatnot because I was in a de- I was depressed I was like would be mentally would would, would somebody would say that I was depressed so clinical I, I would think clinical depression um, other than that I don't find myself I don't think it's in my DNA like who I am but there are other things when I say that I'm not judging anybody who, who is but what I am saying is that I there's other things that I struggle with but here's this article it's in the New Yorker um, and it says the year in quiet quitting. And so it's really talking about 2023, the beginning. So this is like the, the very last day or whatever, December 29th, 2022. Um, and and so this actually would be 2022 rolling in 2023, which, which we're now we're in, in uh, February of 2024. And so I'm just going to read um, the first paragraph. And, uh, and so it says the whirlwind surrounding quiet quitting first stirred in July. Okay, so it happened in in, in 2022 uh, when Zaid Zahn, a uh, a con, a 20-something engineer, posted a TikTok of himself taking over a mortgage of an urban scene, waiting for the subway, looking up leaves on a tree-lined street. I recently learned about this term called quiet quitting, when uh, where you're not outright quitting your job, but you're quitting the idea of going above and beyond. Um, con says. You're still performing your duties, but you're no longer subscribing to the hustle culture mentality that work has to be your life. The reality is it's not. And your worth as a person is not defined by your labor. The hashtag quiet quitting. Hashtag quickly caught fire with countless other TikTokers offering their elaborations and response. Um, and I'm going to read a little bit more. It says traditional media outlets noticed the trend less than two weeks after the original video. The Guardian published a explainer quiet quitting why doing the bare minimum at work has gone global. A few days later, the Wall Street Journal followed with its own take and the traditional financial media piled on. If you're a quiet quitter, you're a loser, the CNBC contributor Kevin O'Leary declared before adding, this is like a virus. This is worse than COVID. Quiet quitting supporters fought back and mostly with sarcasm. 
soon after O'Leary's appearance, a popular TikTok user, um, which I'm not going to even say the, the guy's name, he recorded the passenger seat of a car, which he responds to the older gentleman whom he had seen dismissing quite quitting. I'm not going to put a 60-hour work weekend and pull myself up by my bootstraps for a job that does not care about me as a person, he declares. And so, um, and then he just, and then the article is just talking about a debate it's, and it mentions different generations, uh, Generation Z is being in like the newest one that our, our kids are in, um, yours and mine. And then, um, and then it talks about boomers and, and Gen X and all that stuff. And so it's a really good article. Um, and again, there's tons of articles about this and there's hashtags and, um, and uh, I can speak on it. So just my experience with Gen Z and my conversations in the local schools. Um, but I'd love to know what is your what is your first thoughts when you saw this article and the term and all that stuff. What is your first thoughts, Nick? Well, I think the behavior is prevalent in multiple different areas, and we've talked about that. So we can kind of explore that in other ways. It's not just on the job. Yeah. Um. I, I believe it's multifaceted in how it works itself out. But <clears throat> what this is is necessarily basically. Uh, I'm not giving my life to a job. That I think that's where he summed it up. Yeah, I'm not going to give 60 hours of my week to a job that doesn't care about me. And so my question would be: Do you care about your job? Yeah. You know, why? Why do? You, why are you working a job? Uh, it's to earn money. And so if the the job requires a certain uh, level of activity, then that's that's the bare minimum. But at the end of the day, you're leaving your mark on whatever you do. And so as followers of Jesus, we've talked about this before. You know, whatever our hand finds to do, we do with all of our might. You know, we do it as unto the Lord, and whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we do for the glory of God. And so, um, this seems to be a mindset of, and I've I've seen it other places where this person put in thirty five years of their career and they got a clock at the end. No, they got health benefits, they got a paycheck, yeah. probably a pretty good living, depending on what the industry is. They wouldn't have stayed there if it didn't pay their bills and provide for them to go on vacation and for them to do what they needed to do. So to, to act as if some company owes us some grand exit because we spent 35 years of our life there is very self-centered. And that's really what I see out of this is like, mm. you know, it, it's about me and, and I'm not giving this company my best years of my life. And so then we see the consequences of that where people start complaining, you know, younger people. And I think we've all seen it in every generation. It's not just this generation, but there's a segment, and I do think it's growing based on statistics, of I want to put in the bare minimum. You know, I, I want $15 an hour to start with for, you know, an entry-level job or I'm not going to work. And then complaining that they don't have money for this, that, or the other, or, you know, they don't have what other people have. And yet they're not putting forth that effort. So I, I hear a lot of selfishness in it as if the company is supposed to placate to you and coddle you and like you're something special. You know, this this generation that's been told they're special and now expect a trophy, whether or not I win or not, some kind of recognition, some kind of certificate is just, it, it, you know, it's self-centered. And so I think that um, it is setting up a mindset that's not going to bode well for a lot of people. Um, I heard someone say not too long ago, I forget who it was, but basically they were saying, I mean, if you if you get up early, you commit yourself, you show up early, you 
I think I've heard several people really say that like you can, it will look like you're uber successful only because so many people are not doing that, but they want to show up when they want to show up. They put in the bare minimum. They're not putting in, you know, anything extra. And so you're going to shine and you're going to get the opportunities because the others aren't. Mm. And so to succeed today is much easier because of what you're kind of the competition maybe that you're up against in the workforce. So those are some of my initial thoughts. What about yourself? Yeah, dude. Um, I mean, I would say identical to you. First thing I thought was like selfishness because I've actually, like you, I've seen this play out in the workplace before and uh, I've experienced it and I've been a part of like, like you have when you're in conversation with people and you, you have to let them go and you, you always want to, you know, they say you hire slow, fire quick and because when you know it's not going to work, you know that they're not, if they're on the way out, they're already going to give you half-hearted effort. Um, yeah, it, you know, it, and it just bothers me. I mean, I don't know why it bothers me so bad. I think because I see this not just in the workplace, but in marriage and parenting. And I just feel like, and it looks different to every generation, you know, you, 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 and there's studies that say that. And so I don't know if, if, if it's just a parental thing where you raise your babies a certain way and 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 you um, coddle them or you know in in such a you know such a way and then they just feel like inclined that things are supposed to come easily for them um, I know for this generation because I've been in the schools and I, I have taught a class um, a few times a month I'll go twice next month I actually haven't gone all of January February because I've been slammed with events but uh, I have two that I, mean, I have two classes I'll go and um, and so but I remember speaking to the class about what what do they see in their generation and it was a very different viewpoint from a junior senior group uh, so that's eleventh and twelfth grade so more like you know seventeen eighteen year olds than a fifteen sixteen year old which was ninth and tenth yeah the same topic same everything same class two separate hours and their view on how they see their people their peers is was a little bit different. And I think it was because they have more maturity. And so that when I say that, I say the 11th and 12th was very honest, straight right. up. And one of the things that they talked about was, yeah, they just need to feel valued. They have to feel valued. Right. And so it immediately made me, made me start thinking, obviously, how I can um, uh, encourage them, you yeah. know, and how I can, you know, lack of a better term, like weasel my little way into having a really good, honest conversation with them without them feeling, you know, that I'm talking down to them because I'm not talking at them. I'm talking with them. And so, but you know how it is a teenager, they can feel like a correction or anything that could be criticism. Right. And so I'm just trying to posture myself because middle schoolers, they think you're cool. And then you validate if a middle schooler is cool. And then when they get in high school, they validate if you're cool or not, if they're going to listen to you or not, or you could be like a parent. Yeah. And so with me being, you know, this year I'll be 47. I try to think about that. But in that, I was just thinking, it has kind of always stuck with me, just thinking about it now through this article and whatnot. I wonder if it's, you know, more of a parental thing and and we don't push our kids to do hard stuff. We want them to do easy things. And, and maybe they even see us, the parents, which is not you and I. We're like, I'm Gen X. So, like, maybe it's the millennial group that wants things a certain way. And maybe they just saw their parents complain or check out. And that gave them, you know, but I feel like Gen X, our generation was more that parents weren't around a whole lot. And so we kind of raised ourselves yeah. is what 
studies show. And so I don't know, man, I, but it, it, it burns me because from a parental angle, I've seen, you know, kids, their parents are checked out, man. And I see that more than ever like yeah. working with them. And so it makes me just want to challenge dads, be all in, like not just with your children, but with your, if you have, if you're married, like be all in, be present. Like right. don't, cause your wife isn't, you know, doing something or pleasing you or not giving you what you want. Um, y'all know what that means, but like, or, or you're unhappy. So you're just going to quit at everything. Like, man, you got to find that moxie. So with me saying that, what do you think that we, we need to do? What do you think that, you know? Well, you know, and I definitely agree. I think the quiet quitting can land as husbands, as fathers, you know, where you're just doing the bare minimum. And that's essentially what those people were saying. I've seen people who stay with companies who they disagree with just to get a paycheck. And we talk about, well, guys not getting what they want, sex or their own respect or whatever that might be. Uh, I'm just going to, just going to do my bare minimum just to kind of keep her from fussing at me or whatever that might be. But at, the same time, I think what we really need to do is understand that we have a, a responsibility regardless. First of all, as followers of Jesus, for those who are listening to this that are, we're called to do everything yeah. with all of our might. We're to do it for the glory of God. Um, but it's not just I'm not getting what I want or uh, I'm going to do this to get what I want. Yeah. So then you're just doing what you should be doing anyway for that's self-centered as it is. And so when we look at our young people and we wonder why, well, we need to look at ourselves and go, are we translating that in some way? Are we demonstrating that in some way? So I think it comes back to the core root of who we are um, and to go, I, I'm, I am a man and my responsibilities as a man are X, Y, and Z. And so therefore, it's kind of like I said on Sunday to our church, it's like uh, we do what we do out of our identity. You know, we, yeah. we, we yep. discipline ourselves based on who we are. So it, so it now becomes not, I don't feel like it or I'm not getting what I want. And so therefore I'm either not going to do it or I'm going to give the bare minimum. It's, this is who I am. So therefore this is what I do. That's right. It does not matter if the results. And I think that's when we talk about fitness and training and those type things, guys, one of the things you will learn is delayed gratification. You're not going to go to the gym, start lifting weights, and within a week start seeing muscle That's right. and fat loss and those type things. It takes time. And so as men, when we're fulfilling our responsibilities, um, you're, you're not always going to get what you want, but you continue putting the work in and you continue doing consistent, being consistent and fulfilling your responsibilities. And in time, your relationship's going to get better with your wife, with your children, in time, you might see you're getting more respect. You are, your intimacy with your wife has increased. And and so you don't do that just to get that, but you do it because you're a man. That's right. And that's your discipline. This is who I am. And so therefore, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I do. Mm. When I feel like it, when I don't, when it's convenient, when it's not, whatever. What what, what about, what do you think we should add Man, I, I don't even know if there's much to add to that. I mean, I think that is, I mean, I would say that is the truth of your identity in the, the, from a logical sense, if you're talking about a job, you get a paycheck. Yeah. Dude. So you're getting something, you're working and you're getting something in, um, in your identity in a workplace is you are an employee. 
don't you want to be like the great employee? Even if your employer doesn't doesn't maybe respect you or like you, that has got nothing to do with you pertain like in your 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 output. And I do understand like mental health can play a part in it and you know, from a, any kind of medical thing like that can play a part in where you just don't want to have the drive, you know. That's what we say, like, guys, like, if, if you're you're in your 40s and, you, you know, you don't have a, a certain drive with certain things, you, you, one of my first things is, or you get sad and depressed a lot or whatever, so you need to get your testosterone checked. Yeah. Like, you need to go to the doctor and really, like, get some, you know, go to a checkup. Dudes don't like to go to checkups. You need to get a checkup. So go get checked by the doctor. Because it, cause it could, could be something you know, biologically, you know, with you, but dude, I think it is your identity and you, and this is who you are. And because this is who you are, this is what you do. And I know be raising my boys, that's something I, I push to them. And, um, but it's hard work and you got to tell yourself that all, all the time. Um, but yeah, you know, and it's, it, and it's, it's sad that now, now that's, um, that's a, a very accepted, large, large quality, quantities uh in society as a whole um is that people think that you should work five hours a week i mean five hours a day maximum and you the employer's got to do this this this, x y and z and um and you're like whoa i mean they give you a paycheck right you know and then the nfl you know from a sports angle we've seen that with nfl like recently i'm talking about um you know um with with professional athletes can pay millions of dollars, but they still want more and they still want it to be like about them with this, this and that. And then you're like some of the, the, um, the owners, they don't budge. They're just staying rock solid going, man, we pay you $50 million. Right. Like you need to show up for camp, not be holding out because you get paid. But then they're like, well, then we're, we're just going to, they, they, they're going to hold your rights. But here's the deal. If you know sports, you know, this is, this is what happens. They hold your rights in the NFL and they can what they call franchise tag, which we're in the middle of of the off season for for NFL for professional football. And but then today you knew what you signed up for, right? You knew this was the deal, and it's not like you're eating you know beanie weenies. You get paid millions, and millions of dollars. Some of these guys get paid forty five million, and they're upset about a franchise tag. It's going to pay them you know ten percent more than what the, the top salaries are, and you're still going to go, man, it's unfair. It's like fair? Right. That's not even like. And then every once in a while, you'll get guys who do put it out there on social media and even like interviews. They say, "Hey, we are very blessed to have the job that we have, and because they're, you know the hard jobs being a teacher and a firefighter and all these other things." And um, and so they get we call it to have the right perspective. Um, they're just thinking logically and rationally. And but yeah, man, I think you're you hit the nail on the head. I do want to read. I mean, I know this. A lot of people maybe not are Christians, but um, I like this is the um, um, a Bible verse, and I'm gonna try to pull it up. Um, well, while you do that, I'll just say this one part, uh, you know, try starting a church or a ministry or a business and be a quiet quitter. You yeah. know, it's, it's not going to work. Like you're not going to do the bare minimum to start a company. But then if you start a company and you hire people, do you want them doing the bare minimum? Yep. You know, and, I, and I'm not saying don't show appreciation and value people thank them let them know they're doing a good job those type things you know value them but that doesn't mean that you're owed something beyond your paycheck you know some super bonus or all this different stuff it's like you know yes we should show people appreciation but put yourself as a business owner with limited funds and all those type things or a ministry like you if you're not putting in the time you're not going to have the success but then you'll complain you know when you don't have the success or you'll start being jealous of other people 
And it's like, you don't know what they're doing behind the scenes. You don't know how many hours they're putting in. You don't know how late they stay up at night and how many meetings they're going to, you know, you, you may be taking it easy, just doing the bare minimum. They may be grinding, working double what you're doing. And you're jealous of something just because you don't have the same level of success. Can you imagine a, a, a sports team, basketball team with five guys on the team and one guy's showing up at practice an hour early. Another guy shows up like 30 minutes early. They all show up on time. And then that one cat that rolls in five minutes afterwards has an okay practice, but then blames everybody else yep. for like their mistakes. I mean, like that, that guy never is like looked at or revered or people don't look at them with honor. Right. They look at them with like, well, this guy's a loser, man. And so guys, we should be a loser. Um, this, this is actually in Proverbs. Even if you're not a Christian and you hear this, this is really good wisdom. Um, a, a, a proverb. There's tons of proverbs out there. This is just uh, one one of in, in the Christian uh, spectrum. But it says, and it's actually in Proverbs 22, verse 29. It's, I call it an old school proverb. But it says, do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. But I love, do you see a man skillful, skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. All that's talking about is like those who are diligent, non-lazy, yeah. skillful in his work. Those who have worked hard at their craft, they stand before kings, meaning they'll, they'll be honored. And so even men, even if you don't get the limelight or you don't get your little trophy, like our trophy is handling our business, doing what we're supposed to do, um, really flexing on our identity because who we are, like Nick said, um, so we do. And yeah. I think that's it, man. And you will be honored at some point. Um, you'll be honored. Well, so, as yeah, parents, man. I think we need to have conversations with our children to, under, to see where their thinking is. So some of it is comes down to parenting. What are we demonstrating as parents? What conversations are we having with our young people uh, to see where their ideology is so that we can yep. challenge them and teach them? And that because I do think TikTok and all those, um, those are always kind of geared towards the lowest common denominator. Yep. It's always going to people are going to gravitate and drift towards what is comfortable and what is convenient. Yep. And so, of course, oh, it went viral. Well, of course, because you know that's right. You know, I'm I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. give, and we don't think things through. Like I'm getting a paycheck. I'm get I'm getting promotion uh, opportunities if I'm putting in extra uh-huh. effort and I'm showing myself. I'm working for the job that I want, not the job I have. And you know those type things. Um, you know, when we're doing those things, then there are benefits to it as well. Mm-hmm. The Lord's going to honor us. So TikTok is. And, and social media is teaching our children. Uh-huh. So I think as as parents, we need to look, what are we demonstrating? Uh, what conversations are we having? But then also as men, hey guys, if you if you are listening to this and you're like, hey, you know, I feel like I'm a uh, maybe a quiet quitter or yeah. I've been I've been calling it in and not putting forth a full effort, um, you feel yourself kind of drifting. Um, have a conversation with a friend. Ask them to hold you accountable. To check in, ask you the tough questions. Um, have have some um, courage to. To, to own up to some of those maybe uh, shortcomings. And I just got you. You took a sip of water. Yeah, I, I just agree. paused. Boom, let's go. <laughs> Real quick, because of time, uh, I just want to throw it out there. Have you uh, seen the uh, situation with the um, Lakin Riley in Georgia, Athens, Georgia? Yeah. She I, was Augusta University <laughs> uh, nursing student. That's so right. it kind of hits really close to home. Yeah, it was uh, very... Um, very sad, man. And I found myself immediately because of what I do, knowing college kids on college campuses and a lot of 
uh, guys as well as a lot of females who who would be like my children. Um, I got nervous, and as a dad of a daughter, I got nervous that you know, are you kidding me? Uh, and then also at the same time, I was I was very nervous and like you know worried a little bit, and then at the same time, I was very like angry. Yeah, because I feel like how we've handled all along. We don't ever talk really politics like on this, but I just feel from from jump that things have been handled. And I feel like I, I'm outspoken when asked, but I don't try to like, you know, give people my my thoughts two cents. Yeah. But I'll say it on the air. Like uh, our administration handling I- illegals have been it's been a train wreck, bro, yeah. and it has not been good at all. And I yeah. think we're seeing something that happened and an illegal, and you know, I don't know, man, it's just terrible. What you what you think? Well, same thing. I, you know. One realize, I mean, even you know, our guest episode three, I believe it was Ryan yep. you know, Gill. His uh, daughter is up there, so really, I've thought about her and the fact that what if she was like, I'm gonna take a walk, you know? Yep. And and I, I've even Haley has asked if she there's a pond close to our house where she'll want to walk, and I'm like, uh, oh, not by yourself. And she's like, oh, I can take care of myself. And you realize like someone could ambush. You know, it's not what you always see, but it's what, and oftentimes um, we have let her go because it's at the end of our street, which is very short if she takes like the dog or something. But um, last night I wrote a post on uh, Instagram and Facebook about it. And I did, I said, shame on the Biden administration and every sanctuary city. Um, there, this the, Her blood, and it's not just her. I mean, this has happened That's in right. other cities. Yep. It just hits really home here. Um, their blood is on her uh, their hands um those who have enacted these policies and it's not just a it's not a political thing it it is a an american security thing um, because the criminals aren't asking you know those who are coming in illegally and they have caught terrorists the people on terrorist yep. watch lists they've caught violent criminals gang members and so uh, they don't ask what party you're a part of that's right i don't i don't know how uh Lakin voted I don't know if she was a Republican or a Democrat. Uh-huh. I know her family seemed to be followers of Jesus. I, I clicked on her mom's profile um, right when I found out like the name. I clicked, I searched the name, saw where her mom had made a comment. They seemed to be people of faith, and she mm-hmm. was on the dean's list, and you know, very promising young lady. And so, you know, but but I don't know how she voted. I don't know what her mm-hmm. politics are because it shouldn't be a political thing. Yep. This this is the security of our nation and it's the security of our families. And I do what I can to secure my home, but we as a country need to do what we can. And I think account, there needs to be accountability. If, if and I posted this on my post, you know, if a police officer goes and wrongfully kills someone using their power as a government official to do that, we would call for justice. Yeah. We would want justice to be brought to that person. Why is it any different with our politicians? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it made me angry as well. Last night after I posted that, I went for a run, had my best time. Uh, yeah, I just started running again, uh, really focused running, and I had my best time in my last out of my last two runs because I'm just thinking I, the whole time I'm like a yep. uh, Rambo, you know, last blood uh-huh. mentality, like That's right. rip the heart out. Kind of, right. I'm thinking about this guy. I'm thinking if it was my daughter, you know, on the track. I'm thinking like even if I caught him before he harmed her, what I would do, and I just like I just kept running like I was yep. tired. I just you know it just fueled me, uh-huh. uh, and I think as men, 
you know, if I step on my soapbox here for a minute, like we need, like we need to, we need to not be silent. It's uh-huh. not a political issue. And uh, with the voting, we do need to vote for the security of our nation. Um, I'm not yeah. telling you which party to vote for and all that. You got to do your due diligence on that. I've got my own leanings and perspective. That's right. But I will tell you, we need it's it, we need to do something. That's right. Like it's time to act because we've been flooded with mm-hmm. people that some mean no harm, uh, but some do. That's right. So that's well, yeah, and then from the political, let me define what I'm saying. I, I think for for me, when I say like uh, I just like I, I don't want to. Sometimes I'm not the best at like typing something. I'm not like you, so I'm dyslexic, so I can't really type all that great. Uh, it'll come off like somebody's feelings get hurt, and then my emails like flooded. Back to the um, comedy show, we should be able to show. That's what <laughs> I should. But you know, I mean, the, but the, but the, the thing that makes me so like l- like literally frustrated to like anger if I if I dwell in it, if I abide in it, I just it and then it messed my whole day up, dude. Like I'll just be short with everybody. Is that the politicians exploit people right. for votes, right? And they because make of this, yes. yeah, and then they do this and they allow this, and it's all a political, you know, uh, catch. Um, and that is like that's so frustrating when when the government does that, and that's supposed to be for the people. Yeah, and I do believe a hundred percent, like you, they should be held accountable. And I have my even my view. That maybe we'll talk about it on here. Future, like those who hurt people like that or cause harm. What I think should happen to them, yeah. you know, and like and just and it's Shane's view, and it doesn't represent the church I serve in or even my family. I don't think yeah. my wife or my kids because they would think differently, probably. But it it's just you know it it upsets me and 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 that I, mean, I can't dwell in it. But like you, I agree hundred percent what you said. So yeah, and and of course people make it political because it. A politician, yep. and it's the Biden administration yep. right now, and other leaders in other states and cities, they are the ones. But there have been Republicans who have been loose on border security and things like that. But they, sure. it is a politician who is making the decision. Um, I believe there's an agenda with it, and 100%. then, but then they deny there's a problem where other people have been saying there's a problem. Now it hits close to home, and that's where more frustration comes in. Uh-huh. But if something ever happened to one of my children, uh, one. Uh, the police better find them before I do because I will be on the manhunt. Uh-huh. Um, but two, I think the frustration would be is if they did catch them, that I could not. Uh, you know, you couldn't I, do anything. I, I know where you're leaning. Yeah, you, know, you couldn't do anything. Right. Yep. I, I would want to, you know, I know the Bible says vengeance is mine, but boy, would I. There, that my. There's a movie about it too. Boy, with, would. <laughs> with, with, with uh, oh, Gerald Butler. He plays it. Yeah, What's yeah, it yeah. Called? Uh, uh, Taken. No. No. Gerald Butler. Gerald Butler. Where, where his wife and his child was 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 dead, and then every, all parties involved. He oh yeah, what's it called? There's been several, but uh, I forget. I oh, think I have I it on DVD. I can't remember, but anyway, it, it's, it's there's several like yeah. Oh yeah, he's like he's he's getting his vengeance because they the the the, the I guess the system didn't allow him to didn't cause any punishment, so he was like done you know he takes it like and jamie fox is in it too yes that's take it uh, really i can't f- think of the name but uh i've got it on dvd yeah uh and i know exactly what you're talking about and he starts like doing something from prison and you know he, he thought it all out man yeah. i'm looking at it real quick real quick but yeah there's several like that of course 
law-abiding yes, citizen. law-abiding citizen. That's it. That's it. So, so yeah, that's what my brain goes to. So, for sure, and that'd right. be frustrating. So, Are we, we, I think we're done, dude. We're we, done. We've, we've won our time. So, appreciate you guys listening. Like always, if you find it um, beneficial for you, um, please share and maybe it could be an encouragement to someone else that's out there. And um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you, whether it be uh, you know emailing us at our uh, at contact at bellcartel.com or on our socials, just to you know, uh, join the conversation. Yep. Ha, ha, you know, what do you think about this situation with, you know, Lakin's death and the border security? What do you think about, you know, men peeing on seats? <laughs> what do you think about, you know, quiet quitters? Like, join the conversation. You that's know, right. that way, this is more of a community and that's what we hope to build. Yep, yep, that's right. And uh, and, and even, what, what do you think? Why was it a good day for producer Carell? On Sunday, that's right. Was <laughs> it was it was it a you know sandwich and a, and, a, and a sweet kiss or was it just a good day? So help help us figure it out. It's a mystery. All right, um, awesome, good times, and uh, like we always say, get one percent better every day. One percent better every day. Remember, um, do what you do because of who you are. That's right. That's it. Peace. See ya. Thank you for joining the Mel Cartel podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share to help other men join the cartel. You can also keep up with us on social media and at mailcartel.com.